Garage Fam, it me, Garage Guy, Dale Tanhart is here with us. We are here to recap the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart. This show was presented by Prize Picks. You already heard it. It's the Garage Guys Race Recap. Um, had a, an amazing weekend in Atlanta that we thought was going to be filled with rain. Ended up not being filled with rain at all. Uh, got an Xfinity race in and a cup race in with no uh, rain issues. So that was pretty cool. A lot, a lot to talk about on the show as well. Um, got a cool announcement and also a brand new segment we're going to be unveiling after we recap the race weekend. But I'll go ahead and, uh, and, and turn it over to you, Dale. How, uh, how are you feeling? How is life? And uh, have you slept? Yes, I've gotten the sleep that I needed. We drove back from Atlanta back into the heart of America late Mon- late Sunday night. So we left the track and immediately came home. How am I feeling? Um, I'm on like a bet losing hangover, I guess. So mm. trucks and cup, we lose. Xfinity, we won, but uh, didn't have Chase Elliott. And I feel I feel like shit about that. You know, changing into Culver's bathroom. Shout out to Culver's for the squeaky clean bathroom. Um, but Don't piss on the towel. And shout out to Chase Elliott. I guess it's okay if 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 I lose my bets. It's good to see our good friend and the master of the Hooters family, Chase Elliott, get the dub. I know social media has been in a frenzy about it in a very negative way because of the block at the end and man. NASCAR Twitter, me and you talked about it last night on the on the ride home. NASCAR Twitter just hates Chase Elliott, man. I mean, they want to jump on him so fast and just pulverize him verbally. Yeah. And I don't get it. I just don't I just do not get it. But no, I um yeah, I'm a betting a bet losing hangover. Uh gonna feel better by Tuesday, by Wednesday. I guess technically it's Tuesday right now, but uh Going to feel better before Dale Center. Going to get back going for New Hampshire. We got Cup, Xfinity. We got IndyCar in Toronto. And then I think SRX is back this weekend as well. So going to be another stacked Dale Center. Going to be a good garage guys betting preview. And I'm still real happy that you got Chase Elliott. So congratulations. You're the only person it seemed like who even bet on him. So that was the big surprise. Um, and, and I, I said it to, uh, to Greg, you know, we still haven't asked Greg about his last name, Mathern or Mather. It has to be Mathern. It has to be Mathern. I'll, you, I'll put my 401k on that. It's the Mathern. listener, you decide what is Greg's last name? Uh, like, Greg, I think Greg Mathern. would be okay with us asking for us to like, let people like just tweet, um, uh, hashtag Greg's last name is, and then just like literally make the sound out like you would see, on uh, Google when it's telling you how to pronounce things. Yeah, the pronunciation search. Those are the best. all the time, yeah. You can just misspell things terribly, but they make sense. And it's just like, maybe that's the real English language. And we just, you know, we've been sleeping this whole time. Um, But yeah, I was very shocked whenever you brought that to my attention. So I went over to the Action app, which everyone that listens to the show should have on their phone. Um, it should also have notifications on for Dale and I um, at any moment of the day. You never know when we're going to log a bet. Sometimes it'll be two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, time to log a bet and I'll do it. You'll get a notification when you wake up or if you're like, you know, me and you're a night owl, you'll, you'll get it then. Um, but 
yeah i uh it blew me away man like, it really did like i i've i've done that now twice i think i feel like the kyle bush one i was the only guy on kyle bush and now this one i was the only guy on chase elliott so and it's always the bets that logically do not make sense and that's no, this why one logically actually no i'll go and this one logically did make sense and it did hey you know i hate myself because on the previous show i literally was like uh i gave out good statistics for a while no, you just said yeah you said yeah you were in but i he has one of the best super speedway averages in the field and especially over the last two years i bet him to win the daytona 500 um he has the actual statistics that show like he has been good I think he was the only driver heading into this race who finished in the top 10 in both super speedway races this year at Daytona and Talladega too. So there was consideration there and they just had a fucking rocket ship dude. And yeah. mean, there, he could, he could navigate that car uh, wherever he wanted to, you know, I, the big thing for me was I didn't realize the factor that handling would be, I didn't realize how big of a factor handling would be in this race i mean it seemed like in atlanta in the spring it wasn't near as much of a factor but chase elliott just could move everywhere he wanted to i mean he was he was phenomenal phenomenal all day swept both stages and won the race which is a rare occurrence on a super speedway drafting style race Um, i want to know if anybody knows what the odds were for because I, I know there are props on some of the sports books that say uh, winner of race wins stage one and stage two, and they're usually like something exponential odds. So if anybody remembers that or has a screenshot of that, I would love to see it because I don't I don't remember what it was. But I saw yeah. handling issues with a lot of guys like Christopher Bell spun out. Uh, the Yoda came. Like Bubba Wallace, yeah, Bubba Wallace uh, was was just not there all day. He died. Uh, the car. Yeah, yeah, the car was off. But, you know, handling was, was a big factor and missed that. And Chase, Chase Elliott had all the tangibles to win. You know, I'm going to say yeah. this about it. This is, uh, you know, obviously, yeah, stats are there. We get it. I mean, the, the main thing that made me take this bet, number one, Lorraine, okay? Because literally Chase was not in my mind at all. Like, I was very heavy on Denny, and I'm honestly very – like, my brain really was just, like, in Bubba mode. Like, I was like – Bubba, do it. Same. Go. And, uh, but then, yeah, once the, once we had Victory Lane Lorraine, and then I saw the Gluck tweet with Chase with a mustache, I was just like, there's no way in hell I'm not betting on this man. So, and then with the Kyle Bush one earlier in the year, it was just all based off of the narrative of the first time events, like when, you know, going back to talking about the Brickyard with Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt, then you had like Joey, you know, uh, who was it? Joey Logano won the first one. Kyle Bush had to come back and get it the second one because of the comparisons or whatever you want to call it. I don't know if anybody's compared Logano to Gordon. I think they hate each other, um, but everybody hates Joey. And, you know, so but uh, it's just those kind of things. And like I, I pride myself on that because I feel like I am one of the only guys in the industry because everybody's just like, that's dumb that's stupid you don't make bets like that and maybe it's not sensible but it, it me and and i like that so you know, on, on on super speedways especially i think it's sensible like uh, the gut is is a huge factor because statistics like you said statistics are there great but a lot of guys win 
these style of races that do not have the statistics to back it up, right? Like, yeah, they, they can be a complete crapshoot. And look at Corey LaJoy, dude. He literally yeah. was going to win this race. Harrison Burton. I was 10. right about to say. Yep. I was right about to say this one wasn't regarding most of the guys that led laps, except for Corey LaJoy, who had an excellent performance, man. That would have. That would have been so cool. Like, and and there was a lot of people that had money on Corey LaJoy too. And we're talking $10 bets to win thousands. I yeah. mean, it would have broken. It would have broken everything. It would have I was broken a top the fabric 10. of NASCAR betting on the sports books. Oh, Vegas would have, dude, Vegas would have been closed for like at least a week. Just uh, shut down. Just yeah, we would. They would have had to get the defibrillator out for Vegas. That's what we do. But I mean, look, the, the, at the end of the day, I think the main thing you, you can attribute this to is the fact that we had no practice, we had no qualifying, and we saw shades of 2020 again. I feel like that was my favorite year betting. You had Kevin and Denny. That was your guys. Then you would have that one dude outside the norm, and then Chase Elliott comes up and wins a championship. Hendrick understood, I feel like, a lot better after watching Denny and Chase, especially rolling into 2021 how to to do the the setups and how to get the setups lined up and, and get them right. And we saw that with Kyle Larson a ton last year. Um, you know, they would just have their setups right. And I get it's a new car and everything, but, I mean, we're already halfway in the season. And I think that it just really attributes to the team. It really attributes to his crew, the energy. Shout out to those guys, by the way. That was just an it infectious. Is. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten to know uh, more of the pit guys, and you know, obviously, the Hooters connection there is is awesome. And their their pit crew guys are awesome, dude. They're genuinely good dudes, and just yeah. Chase is a genuinely good dude. But fucking TJ, the Jackman, is no more pine dude. cones. Pine dude, cones he, are dead. We walked up to him, and he uh, he's always got a super. You mentioned the pine cone. He's always got a superstitious thing, and, and it's like every week he's like, "Hey, hey guys, so so this is." This is what happened to me this week that tells me we're going to win. And this time it was, he said at the gas pump, he filled up and it stopped. Uh, the, the tank was full at $99 and, and nine cents. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so uh, did it actually fill up right there? Or did you kind of fuck with that to make it fill up? And he goes, oh, I may have, I may have tapped it a couple more times to get it. There. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Okay. But it happened to be right. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else to say about it. He fucking he's got this, these superstitious things, and sometimes they work. And the other one that worked was at Dover, where he had the big penny, the, yeah. the, the giant penny. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if it was Dover or Nashville. But I think it was, that was Dover, Nashville. I don't know what I didn't get to tell it TJ before then. Um, no, me neither. But uh, yeah, Dover. It was the penny, and then yeah, it was. Uh, he had the pine cone. I can't even remember, dude. I really the can't. The pine cone, the pine cone was at Gateway. Ah, yeah, that's Gateway. right. The pine cone was awful. Yeah. No more. He's like, I, I should have known better. It's you know, spiky and prickly. You know, it's just not <laughs> not good. I'm like, yeah, 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 TJ. But yeah, no, can't was, wait to see what he has next. God, dude. Yeah. They're just great guys. So yeah, that was it was fun, man. And you know, there were a lot of other bets too. Like the other bet that that I had, like I we you and I both were like looking through top fives, like you know going into it. I thought the Chase Elliott outright was going to be my last bet, and then I was like, dude, I got to throw top fives in there because I had terrible luck with my matchup. I had uh, 
I had Stenhouse over Harvick. Stenhouse blew up. That was rough. Um, and then the top fives were I, – I tailed you with the Brad K top five, which I don't even know how much you want to talk about that or not. It was just unfortunate as hell for old man Brad uh, or Elon Keselowski. I'll go ahead and tell you. I mean, uh, he, he may or may not be dead to me. We'll see. Had some bad luck. He'd be dead to me. Rex. He was – I mean, he was aggressive and got up there in the top five. Car was handling good. He had speed and uh, got caught up in a wreck and then got caught up in another one and penalty. made it to the end, but he finished like 18th. Yeah, the pit road penalty set him in the back after after stage two concluded, and that's what got him – that's what lost him on the track position and caught behind guys that crashed. So He hired you know. those guys. You know, yeah. that's just what you got to oh, look yeah. at that. Yeah. So tough break, but I'll go ahead and tell you what I was going to say was I'm still probably going to bet on him at Daytona. I mean, go ahead and book it. You know, if you you want to, if you can, some actually you can't. I don't think it's possible. But a month and a half from now, I'm betting on Brad at Daytona. And go ahead okay. and book it. I so. want to. I want the books to open up. What driver will punch Ross Chastain in the face first? That is the bet that I'm ready to take. I'm ready for NASCAR fight futures. Um, if they don't release that. And I feel like there would be some really lucrative odds because it's been a minute since we've had a good fist fight in the Cup Series. And I think that if they would just just go all gimmicky with it and go all out, oh, my God, dude, I would tear it. I would literally, like, put the mortgage on some of those because the Chastain ones, they're definitely going to be shorter than the others. Uh, that was, dude, was I mean, terrible. Think about it. I remember at Culver's, uh, we were eating. I was mm-hmm. like, who does Ross Chastain drive like? And all you got to do is look through the archives of history. He drives just like Dale Earnhardt. There's a reason why mil- I, would, I would say millions of people potentially hated Dale Earnhardt because of how he drove. He destroyed the fabric of clean racing in, in NASCAR for uh, two decades. And drivers, drivers, in the documentary you watch, you know, everybody laughs about it. They, whether it's Jeff Gordon or Mark Martin or Rusty Wallace, they'll always make a comment like, man, I hated racing against him sometimes because he would just wreck people. He just was over the top, over his head. And Ross Chastain recently, especially recently, has you know has driven the same way. It's changed now with the playoff format. It, it It's going to make it – it's going to make the outcome of what happens with all this between Denny, Truex, Chastain and whoever else gets added into the equation before the playoffs start, it's going to make the implications of this exponentially magnified, right? Because now with the playoff format, it's basically race by race by race. Like Ross Chastain could win every single, he could have 12 wins, right? And we go into the final round and we go to Homestead, which is now the race, or let's, let's say we go to Martinsville, the race before the finale and Ross hasn't locked himself in and then he gets taken out and he gets wrecked by Denny Hamlin right there. He's done. He's out of the championship. And that's what Denny consistently keeps implying is that it will all work itself out in the end. He's, he, he's reached the peak of, of uh, what was the word he said? He's reached his peak on how much he can handle on toleration. Yeah. That's what it was. Patience I think what is one thing. Right. And, and, and Denny's smart, right? Denny know, and we've seen this story before with Joey Logano and Matt Kenseth, the most unbelievable. I, I mean, like it's hilarious and awesome, but at the same time, it's not because 
that opened a floodgate for these guys to race each other really, really dirty and get payback, really hardcore paybacks and revenge uh, in, late in these seasons. We saw Brad, Kevin, I know this wasn't as much of a revenge, but Kevin Harvick battling to try to get advance into the next round of the playoffs at Martinsville a few years ago. Wreck Kyle Busch coming to the checkered flag and try to gain a spot. I know that's not a revenge play, but the playoff format already gives us that element of you do whatever it takes. Even if you got to race somebody dirty, you do whatever it takes to advance to the next round. This year, we're looking at the uh, vice versa, a reciprocal situation where Denny might do whatever it takes to ensure that Ross doesn't make it to the next round, right? And it's up to him whenever he wants to make that move. And, yeah. you know, Ross was not super apologetic this weekend about what happened, which – That was a fucking lie. Yeah, yeah. That was, was a great meme. He was very – obviously, he was apologetic of what happened in Gateway, but he was kind of like, nah, this situation is nothing like what happened there, you know? Like, he just overestimated the grip level and got up into Denny. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He wrecked him again, and he's going to pay, and he's going to lose a championship because of it. I think, you know, do you know if it's like the thing for me is like whether or not it's intentional when it comes to how he had beef with Truex and he had beef with Hamlin. And it just so happened to be that those are the guys that get caught up in it or the fact that like, you know, it's like coincidence. Some may say I don't believe in coincidence. Uh, I I definitely think that that things can happen for reasons uh, either unknown or known. And uh, that's pretty much I don't think it was. I don't think it was intentional. I don't because if yeah. you watch that race, you could see and, and Ross had damage from the earlier wreck with Truex. Still running you could up see front his car. somehow. It, it, and that's one thing. Like it's a lot of thing with Chastain. I love him honestly. I, I kind of hate what's happening right now with him, consistently getting into people. But I just love it because it doesn't matter what what's happening. Like he overcomes the adversity every time, and just this motherfucker will not be denied is the best way to put it. He still finished second. He still led 32 laps. He still was leading laps after he was damaged, and there's tape flinging off the front of his car. But I don't think it was intentional. What I noticed in that race, because of that damage, he was, in, in, especially in turn four, turns three and four, he would drift up the racetrack a little bit. Uh, the handling on his car wasn't the best because it, it he had damage, but he would kind of drift up a little bit, and I think that was just from the dirty air in his car not being a hundred percent on the aerodynamic side of things, but I definitely don't think it was intentional with that being said, it still is just a mistake. You just should not make repeatedly. And he keeps making it repeatedly. He just I looks just, straight. He looks straight. And, and it's he hilarious goes. that he's, yeah. he's doing it. It, it. The two incidents were with uh Truex, which rekindled the flame from Dover and then Denny rekindling the flame from Gateway after Denny already said, basically, he's going to get it, you know. He's and praying Chastain, for a fight. Dude, honestly, yeah, I was waiting. We were there this weekend. I was kind of waiting next to him to see if anybody was going to run up to him and say anything. And um, no, Drex nor, nor Denny came up. Denny just left. It must I don't be know the Ty Norris effect. Dude, I just he, – he's really – he's killing himself in the championship picture. And it's going to take something drastically, a Kenseth V. Logano kind of deal to learn. 
for him, I think. He'll probably overcome it. He'll probably just, like, spin the whole car around, correct himself while the guy that wrecked him is, like, hitting the wall and, like, just get yeah, around Yeah, he'll, he'll find a way to get through it. He'll find yeah. a way to survive it and, and still win a championship. See, that's, that's been – That's what Ross has done. But that luck just doesn't last forever. It just doesn't. Yeah, that's been my my thought with it. I'll just say this. We can move on to some other parts. But, like, the you know, the more I've learned about Ty Norris and the history with DEI and with Dale Earnhardt and how you talk about – you make this comparison now, like Ross Chastain's drive and reminds you of Earnhardt Sr. It's like when you really think about it now, like Ty Norris is a producer. He's the kind of guy that, like, understands entertainment. He took Dale Earnhardt to another level – when it came to creating a celebrity from a blue collar man and then creating a businessman out of that as well with chase authentics and, and all the merchandise, everything else that was sold. And so when you think about that, Ty Norris is back with track house track house. Justin Marks has already publicly come out and said that this is an entertainment industry and he wants to make it more than just a NASCAR team. He wants it to be global and worldwide. That's that Ty Norris in his ear. And maybe that's the same kind of deal. That's kind of just having this weird like Renaissance right now. It's where it's like, there's a rekindling of the flame, but Ross is going to have to get a lot more grittier and uh, to, to even try to attempt that he'll never have a mustache. I'll tell you that that's a guarantee. Yeah. Not a big facial hair guy. Um, but Can't yeah, grow it maybe. I don't know. I do. I just wonder if Ty Norris, like after all this ends, Ty is just like, hey, just keep doing it. Just keep fucking people up, dude. Hell yeah, he is. This is great, man. Right. This is great for TV. Great for drama. Like he understands. Like like Ty Norris is TNT. TNT knows drama. Uh, that is Ty Norris. So yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, TN initials. Yeah, TN. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's I don't a, know what the last bad. two would be. I don't know. Maybe maybe his middle name. Starts with a T or something. I don't know. Oh, no. But yeah, we can we can shift here. I I have a lot of opinion on that whole deal, as you guys have heard. But uh, Corey LaJoy shifting gears here. Like uh, you talk about Harrison Burton with the top ten. Cole Custer got a top ten. He hadn't done anything in a while. Our good friend Justin Haley finished seventh, just Shout outside of our top five bet. Uh, AKA Super Speedway Jesus, as we're gonna start yeah. calling him. Self claimed, right? Or, or yeah, who calls well, that? I think he, he told us uh, on Sunday that uh, Daniel Hemrick said that. Now, okay. I don't know if, if, if Hemrick was the first guy to say it, but uh, that that's that's the story that I heard. And that's, wow, what, what a nickname. Super Speedway Jesus, Justin Haley. That's right. awesome. But, I told him to respect um, religion. I called him Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he could Kinda be the second coming. He could be the second coming of, uh, of Dale Jr. with his history at uh, Super Speedways and the Xfinity Series. So we, we knew he could get close. Yeah, yeah, he was up there. He was up there. But and in the Joys, as well. Yes, yeah, DFS purposes too. So Corey LaJoy here is a big story. And we, we had briefly mentioned it earlier, all the people that had five $10 bets that had unbelievably – just lucrative financial implications had he won maybe even finished in the top five a lot of people had some decent change on him for a top 10 like you did one i had a whole unit beats, on it dude one of the worst beats ever because he ends up coming home 21st after leading almost 20 laps i think and running in the top five virtually the whole the last 50 laps right so what a run man i mean these guys have been just the opposite cursed with bad luck. I was, I was about to say the opposite of blessed because 
I couldn't, I could not think of the term, but uh, they've just been cursed with bad luck. And, and we've seen gains out of this team. We've seen the glimpses, Spire number 17 with Corey, but this was the, this was a huge step in Corey getting that first career win with a very underfunded team. I mean, they have like a fifth of the budget of what all the, all the Goliaths of Pinsky, Hendrick, Joe Gibbs have. So the fact that he was up there leading laps and, being aggressive, making timely blocks, aggressive moves, and that it it would have been super cool to see him win. I mean, we in, knew in he all, could do it in all fronts. I know that he can do it. Yeah, that 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 one hurt a lot. I mean, like because yeah, like you said, there was a ton of people that were on it. I know, like literally in the video that I did, that I put out like celebrating the win. There is literally a moment where I'm looking at that pole and I'm not worried about Elliot. I'm like, okay, where did Corey finish? Because I'm like, that's seven units I'm about to bring home, seven and a half units. And when I didn't see that, I was just like, damn. Like, literally, like, that's why I said, damn. Like, it's just because of that. But then, yeah. yeah we that, couldn't tell if he – We couldn't tell if he I, – I knew he had, like, spun down, but I didn't see if he had continued going or if no he had clue. been collected. And he and he got collected. He he brought the car back. He brought the car back down pit road, but he had been passed by twenty guys. So, yeah, that sucked. Oh. But I, I just that's it's a really cool moment though, and I know he's he's got to be proud of himself, and that team's got to be proud for what they were able to accomplish. Oh, I don't yeah. think anybody. I think a lot of people saw the potential top ten. Like he finished fifth. We talked about it on the previous show. He finished fifth in the Atlanta race in the spring. Hanging around in the top 10, doing well. And this time to go up there and lead laps and be able to pass Chase Elliott and Ross Chastain and Ryan Blaney. I mean, just ridiculous. I, just I, shows, I don't see that coming. Man. And they uh, just a hell of a performance. And I, I hate it for all the betters. I hate it for all the betters who uh, suffered that tremendous pain. I'm I just love my ass too. So I loved the car. Yeah, I, I love the 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 Rays car. I think it is the the blue and the green. Yeah. It's just yeah, that was just it was sick. It was nasty. It reminded me of like, I think it was yellow. I think it was yellow. Is it maybe yellow, blue, green? it reminded me of it an airhead yellow for sure. I just it made me want airheads, dude. The candy. That's literally all I thought about when I saw it was airheads. Yeah, it was um, definitely a, a good scheme. Yeah, so that that is definitely something to, to throw in there. I'm sure that Dale Jr. would approve of that, uh, you know, big paint scheme guy. Um, but another, I guess, point of this whole deal with it is, you know, even if he would have won this race, like, hell yeah, that would have been huge. It was his first career win in the Cup Series. That would have been like a championship for Spire. Um, and, and I talked to a guy about that earlier today. One thing that I'm not sure about, though, is wherever he is at in points, would he even have enough to to get there would he even have had enough to be in the playoffs because i think he's like 31st in points right now yeah no he's right on the he's he's close i mean he's right on the bubble right so yeah he would have to have another really good run or another win to really lock that in if that was the case well, like if he would have won yeah he's 31st brad brad k is 30th isn't that crazy to think about wow right like brad keselowski champion hall of famer 30th in points absolutely crazy but no he's he's about i think he was 20 points 15 points behind brad maybe less than that while he was running in the top five but um yeah no he would have still probably been 31st and you got to be in that top 30 so 
dude, you know damn well they would have been so much more determined, motivated to make sure they gain those points to get into the playoffs. Because and they'd they, had money. They'd had money, too. And that's the big thing. Yes, because you remember when yes. Michael McDowell won the 500. I mean, he ran in the top 10 for, like, at least six races until that money ran out. So, and that was in, what, 2021, beginning of the year? So, you know, thinking about that right there, I mean, well, I, I feel just, like you could have definitely done it. I thought you meant, like, the money that would come to their team getting into the playoffs, which would be a huge financial game. Well, that too, but I'm just saying winning the, the race is important. It just it – Yeah, just, for th- sure. Yeah, yeah. You get the a little purse, bit of that money. Absolutely. Not the whole yeah, purse. No, yeah. I learned that. Learned that one earlier on yeah. in the year. Yeah. yeah, no, it would it would have been a huge financial gain for those guys too, just on top of everything with the, just the confidence and and being in the championship hunt, you know. So that was tough. And I guess the last thing I want to talk about, you know, we talked about b- briefly mentioned a few of these guys like Justin Haley, Cole Custer, Harrison Burton. Uh, Corey was obviously really really close. Todd Gillen finished seventeenth. Usually don't see that out of, even out of him. Had a lot of guys wreck. Fucking Ricky Stenhouse is up there leading at one point. They had engine problems all day. That Alex sucks. Bowman was completely uh, recovered from his wreck, but they they uh, had to exit the race because they uh, violated the damage vehicle policy, which is in their case they the clock the damage repair clock ran out. And I don't know, that's a crazy thing to happen to them because they were like, their car was fine after he had spun out. And he, the five-minute clock on pit road ran out and they had to park it. So that sucked for them. Noah Gragson has no fucking luck. He has a, a suspension failure that puts him out of the race. Austin Dillon, you know, go back to Ross Chastain. Austin Dillon has some spicy comments about Ross because he thinks every time he gets in a wreck, it's because of something that Ross has caused. Maybe he's right. I'm not hey, gonna, the rest of the field I'm said not going to disagree too. with Austin there. Yeah. yeah. William Byron, former winner, led a lot of laps, crashed out. Tyler Reddick crashed out after winning. It was still a super speedway style shit show. I will say that. A lot of guys wrecked out of this one. Um, but the last thing I wanted to touch on before we move to BJ McLeod, just fresh hair dye. <sighs> no, but we, we, Shout out to time, him. maybe right behind your head. Yeah, yeah. For, shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. The sports, the sports guy, BJ McLeod. I feel bad they finished last. They uh, he it, interestingly actually, I wasn't going to talk about this, but it just sparked it on uh, Twitter. I read where BJ came on the radio and he said he lost it when they when he crashed out and collected Chris Busher. He spun out and it's, he said it was the first time he has ever lost lost a race car by himself, like. Which is pretty impressive, actually. Like the guy just doesn't typically just tear up race cars by like on his own. So yeah, he pays for. He apologized him, to the team. He apologized to the team. And was like, I think it's the first time I've ever just like lost it, and that's I guess that's what happened off a of turn two. But it yeah, was slick, bro. DJ, man, it was slick yeah, out there. Hair's still looking good. Hey, hair's still looking fucking phenomenal. That's right. Still Last that. on the track, first man. in our hearts. Yes, DJ. yes, absolutely. He's still. Still I'm sorry for interrupting you, though. What was the last thing? No, it's okay. Uh, I wanted to briefly talk about the block that Chase Elliott put on Corey LaJoy because it has been – it's just been too big of a topic. I mean, people are whining and bitching like crazy. I haven't even and, seen it. Don't dude, I – I, it was not a dirty block at all. Like, it was 
doesn't. And they shook hands. Trust me, I hate dirty blocks. I hate dirty blocks because Austin Cindric did it to Ryan Blaney and the Daytona 500 and completely ruined my day, ruined my week, ruined my life. So even Corey was like, okay with it. If, and my point here that I just want to say is if the guy that got blocked says it's okay, you probably should listen to him. And I think a lot of the fury is just Chase Elliott hate, which is, is so weird to me. I, I, I don't get it. It's so bizarre why NASCAR Twitter hates him so much. It's just but. because everybody else does. It's like that. What was that one thing? Like, like, why does everybody hate Kyle Busch? Because the internet says so. That guy. Oh, got some clock. I, but, but see, I don't. I. So you got to say it. Oh, is there a clock? I don't hear it. I don't shout, hear it. shout out to the clock. Shout out to the clock. Shout out to the clock. I know that's like the OG thing. The OG clock. But it's, it's okay. actually not super loud. Yeah, um, no, sorry. Love clock. Anyway, I I don't like I know that the all gas no brakes thing is hilarious, but there's a re there are plenty of reasons why people hated Kyle Bush. Now Chase Elliott has had some track incidents, and some people think I guess that he's hypocritical where he's been mad where he's gotten blocked and he's made some bad moves. Um Joey Logano 2020 at Bristol, one example. Uh, Daytona 2020 in the fall when he blocked who was it Matt Benedetto maybe put a couple guys on the wall everybody's been a part of these kind of these blocking deals though like you have to block in order to win and Chase yeah. said it in his interview and we were in victory lane right we saw Corey walk up to him smiling they were laughing when they were talking very casual very respectful if Corey doesn't have a problem with it, then people on Twitter just should shut the fuck up. Like, with all due respect, I just, I just, if the guy that literally got blocked and wrecked lost the race is okay with it and not mad about it, I just, I feel like your opinion on being mad about it is just ridiculous. They don't even know why they watch NASCAR anymore. I feel like, and I hate, I hate to say this on this show. Cause I mean, there may be some people that partake in it to listen to this, but you know what? Like, there are more things to NASCAR to love than to just hate what everybody else hates on or to be like, it's like the one size of the fence with like Chase Elliott. Why don't we give that attention to, uh, you know, uh, Garrett Smithley, you know, let's, let's, let's blow him up. It doesn't even matter if he's a good driver or not. You know, let's just do it because it's the same concept. Like literally the way the way that it boils down is this, whether or not it was a dirty block or not home, dude, he had a chance to win a race that he has never won. And it's in his home state. And that means something. And that's huge. And yeah, I'd have thrown a block to win that if I was in Louisiana racing, you know, like actually like slowing it down. I saw a slow-mo, a super slow-mo video that someone broke it down. It actually was a pretty clean block. Like, it was very well-timed. Spotter did a good job, too. And the one thing I know, there's going to be people who listen to this and think that it's just Chase Elliott bias because we we were friends with some of the guys on the team. We know Chase, the Hooters I, connection. Fuck dude, bias. When we I, bet on somebody, dude, we're all I, in. I didn't, I didn't even bet on him. Like, I was sitting there fucking pissed that he won for about 20 minutes because I lost money. There's no bias here. I, I call it how I see it, straight up. And it was to me, it was not a dirty block. And Corey, 
I'm sure Corey has acknowledged this or will acknowledge it or has mentally acknowledged it. He probably would have done these same exact thing, right, to get that first win, just to get a win. And Denny Hamlin talked about this on the, the junior download. It is so hard to win in the Cup Series. Like, it is so difficult to win one of these races. So you do what it takes. You do what it takes. And blocking is a necessary characteristic of auto racing and in NASCAR. And that's, we, that's what we saw. We should just start giving everybody that participates in NASCAR Twitter a strike system. Okay, here it goes. You get three strikes just like in, uh, in, in baseball in America's pastime once was until now nascar is america's pastime um but we still love baseball i will argue with that but anyway they need a strike system and after three strikes after three times of saying some redundant shit that everybody else is either saying on one side or the other like you're done you can't say anything about that the problem in today's world is there's just all these strikes no balls that's the problem just not enough balls. Don't know if you can see that or not, but yeah, that's that's what it is. No balls. Great shirt. Great shirt. Great shirt. No balls. Bring the I'm balls back. It. Yeah, and, and I just NASCAR Twitter's. We we already know this. It should even it should just go without being said. It's just so toxic. That's it's why so the Discord's free. Now bro. you know. Talk, the last comment I'll make about this with the Chase Elliott stuff. Yes, the Discord not very toxic actually. Very, very encouraging, fun, uh, profitable environment, actually, in the Garage Guys Discord. Go find a link. It's all over social media. Find it next to the E-Trade app on the App Store. I will say, uh, and I think I love the NBC broadcast. I think they're really good, but I did go back and watch it, and yeah, they were obsessed with the Dawsonville pool room. You know where my brain is. They talk about it so much. Like, it's kind of funny. I, I I have not been to the pool room and I honestly just don't really care to go right at this point. Like I will someday, I'm sure. But like, man, it's just so talked about. I'm just like, I just don't care about it that much. Where are these other relics for drivers? Where are their yeah. pool rooms? Yeah. Well, like what's another hometown thing? I want to I want to come to that place. In, in California – like when Jeff Gordon, if he ever wanted Fontana or Sonoma, where was his? Where was his place? Where was the paint? The paint store. Oh, the wine obviously. Shack. Dupont Wine Shack. I don't know. Maybe the the, the cellar. The paint plant. Chug a the bucket doll, of paint. I guess that's what makes the Dawsonville thing unique. But like, I just don't care. I just don't care about it. Apparently, they they talked about it a lot. Hey, they have a and, siren um, there. They have a siren, is, by the way. Did you know that? Did you know they had a no, siren? I dude, I had no fucking idea. I hadn't Thank heard of that. For telling me. Thank You're welcome. You. Yes. All right, I'm done talking about that whole deal. But yeah, it peeved me seeing all the comments, and I'm like, look, Chase Elliott, he blocked. It was clean. That's it. They were Happy racing. Corey, they were racing cars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Let's just simplify it even further. Yeah. Racing. Cars. Let's let's just love the fact that like there are cars going fast that they're racing and that you can just go to a race and vibe. Just vibe Spe- out. Speaking of, speaking of that, I think that's a good segue. Cars going fast and racing and good vibes. Aren't you doing something this upcoming weekend that yeah. you should talk about? So good vibes um, and fast cars. It's uh definitely a l- little little something that I've been wanting to do for a long time to kind of get into. It was kind of like one of my first loves into racing. Like obviously I had, you know, my Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt toys as a kid. 
But uh, as I got into the preteen era, I got really into drift cars and JDM. Um, just that whole like scene, like after Tokyo Drift came out, it was just like, that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted that Nissan 350Z that DK drove and I wanted to just like shred around like, like circles and shit and just like do all that finesse and shit. So, um, I am now 30 years old. And for the first time in my life, I will be attending a formula drift race this weekend, going back to St. Louis to, to the, uh, STL to hang with Nelly, maybe, uh, definitely going, going back downtown, uh, shout out to our man Denaro that we met, uh, at that one bar with the arcade games coming to see you if you're listening to this, but you're probably not, but if you are, I, I, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm going to check out the formula drift scene and I'm going to be doing some content on worldwide technology raceways, Twitter account, uh, and other social media accounts. So check that out. And if you are in the STL area, just come to the race and then just come say what's up and, and check it out. It's going to be uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I will be arriving on Friday morning. So I'll be there for Friday and Saturday for uh, Pro Spec and for Pro. So it'll be a fun time. There's a lot to learn and uh, and just kind of dipping my feet into this whole industry. You're going to meet some people and uh, and see what we can do with it and see how, uh, see how things go. So who knows? Maybe in another year, we'll just find a way to get them on DraftKings. I don't think it would work with sports betting because of the way that they're judged and graded but i think maybe dfs lineups could definitely be in the future that's interesting that's interesting that uh that sounds like it could be fun i'm not really into the drift kind of stuff honestly but i love world technology worldwide technology raceway love that place shout out it's a good track classic track that's been a staple in nascar whether it's been for trucks xfinity now it's with cup and it's been a staple for 20 20 20 plus years even though we have had a hiatus but glad it's back and glad to see them hosting more so without further ado i think it is time time. to introduce the new segment that's going to be a weekly deal we uh it's going to be a fun thing we want more social media chatter engagement from uh, our great community and any new listeners and and viewers as well welcome to the garage guide this will be the ultimate power rankings, the ultimate guide of power rankings amongst a variety of different topics. Each episode, I guess I should say, an, a, a topic per episode. And I think they could be anything. I think typically it'll be auto racing related for the most part, but we're going to leave the door for it to be any topic. And anybody who listens, watches our content, feel free to give us topics to do. But I think appropriately, the first topic for the garage guide that me and Chase will debate and discuss our favorite Dales, favorite Dales, top five Dales, the garage guide, ultimate power rankings list. And uh, we're going to have an honorable mention there as well. So uh, you want to start with your list first, start with the top five and then uh, honorable mention at the end. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's I was literally about to ask or you. Or however how you, you want to do, it. do that. However you I, want to do it. I Whatever think that doing it numbered and then having the honorable mention is is a very appropriate way to do it. So if we're gonna kick this off, um, I will start with uh my number five Dale. It is Dale Gribble uh from King of the Hill. 
All right. For those of you that have watched King of the Hill, you know all about Hank. You know a lot about propane. Uh, you know that 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 Dale is married to the trailer park queen, Nancy. You know that Bobby uh, has that one gif where he meditates that I use a lot. Uh, but Dale is the ultimate version of what a conservative on Facebook, uh, basically a conservative AI on Facebook today. Uh, Mike Judge had that nailed when he started King of the Hill. That He is the idiot that thinks he knows everything. He is the king of that, and he's also hilarious as hell to watch. He's just like that random uncle you have that lives in the trailer park. Uh, one of the, the just, I guess, just most entertaining uh, characters to laugh at because he is just like full-blown redneck but may have went to community college. Uh, so shout out to Dale Gribble. I think my, his my voice five. is hilarious. Voice oh, yeah, dude. Hilarious. The conspiracy theories – they're top 10 like top tier literally like the episode where he gets patriotic ready to go and he doesn't even remember the words to the song grand old flag and just decked out an american flag like that is the all-time moment right there that you realize that 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 is a uh, an all-time dale right there all the way so yeah dale like gribble it. king of the hill continue you do your list, and then I'll do oh, Okay, mine. so we're not going back and forth. All right, I like this. All right, so that's my number five. My number four, we're going to move into the world of animation uh, that is more kid-friendly, but also could be perceived differently. Uh, from the show Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, it is Dale, the other chipmunk, uh, the one that wears Hawaiian shirts and is probably a low-key uh, pot smoker. If I were to ever see uh, an actual chipmunk walking at me with a red Hawaiian shirt on at any moment, that chipmunk probably smokes a lot of pot. There's no other way, or either I'm on acid. That's the only two explanations for why I'm seeing that. But Both the good news, yeah, it may be. Psilocybin, possibly. It's from the ground. It's probably okay. Great quote from a great movie, Knocked Up. Um, so... Talking a little bit about, you know, this one, it was just, you know, as a, as a kid, I woke up in the morning, I would see Chip and Dale. And really, when you really get to the root of it all, there's not many Dales out there. So, like, it's kind of a special category in life. Um, so, you know, having having that part of it, Chip was kind of the nerd, the loser in a way, but was courageous. But Dale was always just there going with the flow to save his ass. I think that just kind of just just says a lot about Dale's in general. Maybe this cartoon character was based off of Dale Earnhardt himself, uh, but he just didn't have a mustache. But there's a new am, movie coming. I'm not familiar with this. The, the, the I know I think I know what before, you're talking about. But a little before your time. I didn't watch this shit, whatever this Dale is from. Yeah. This was like very early on, like like DuckTales kind of like vibe. Like it was definitely in the DuckTales world of Disney as like young child when Gargoyles was on. You know, shit like that. That was like late 90s Disney back before it just got ridden with these just poppy movies uh, that I, I, I always thought Disney was. Yeah, I always thought Disney was for girls. So I never watched Disney. They I do have a lot Cartoon of princesses, except for Brink. Yes, they do. Uh, you look like you should be in the movie Brink right now with your hat on and you'll see you with a hat on much. But you you definitely I've never seen like, it. Never yep. seen Brink. You might change your opinion. Uh, they did have a few good movies on on Disney, so I will say that. So, 
But uh, yeah, this Dale right here, the Chickmunk Dale, uh, out of all animals that would ever be named Dale, he is number one. Uh, so that is my number four. My number three is going to be Dale Jr. Why number three? Uh, three for Dale. Dale Jr. Uh, is the son of Dale Sr. He is a very iconic figure. He is alive today. He is on NBC. Um, he also has a podcast, and he drove one of the hottest Budweiser paint schemes. of. He brought Budweiser to NASCAR, I feel like, even before. I feel like when, when Ken Schrader, the boys, Ricky Craven, when they were all, you know, repping the Bud back in the day, it wasn't until the DEI font came into play, and you're you attuned to that. You know how that goes. That number eight, there was something about that car. There was just something about the vibe. The frosted tips, Dale Jr., probably my all-time favorite Dale Jr.'s, frosted tips, Dale Jr. Um, wish he would think about bringing that back. I don't know if his hair can get to that thickness level at this point, but he should think about it. Uh, it could still work. It could still work. I think he can make yeah. it work for a week or a day, a couple I mean, of days. The Backstreet Boys are coming to Las Vegas soon. Great time to do it. Um, so you could go check that out. But yeah, I mean, he's just—he's an icon. I mean, that, that's all there is to it. He's an icon. Uh, he is the reason that I probably gave myself uh, premature heart problems drinking amp energy drinks uh, as a youngster. Um, and he is just uh, after meeting him, the fact that he knew that that we were garage guys for the first time we ever met—that right there sealed the deal. I was just like, he's on the list. Uh, three for Dale, but Dale Jr. Not Dale Number Sr. three is that I think that's very disrespectful, but continue your list. It's okay. Um, so number two, uh, this Dale uh, is the only Dale that could come between everyone that probably knows who my number one is already, which is pretty, pretty simple to figure out at this point. Uh, but Dale Dobak from Step Brothers sits between Dale Jr. and the other Dale I'm going to talk about because you already know it's Dale. Dale Doback is just a, a man of just wild imagination. He is a grown man, still lives with Papa, and uh, gets a stepbrother that is also a grown man. In what world would that ever happen? Which is why I love Will Ferrell and John C. Riley to the maximum. John C. Riley played this character to the T. Everything about this character did not scream Dale at me at first. When you think Dale, you kind of just I, I just immediately think Dale Senior. That's just how my brain works. But then the more you watch it, the more you begin to understand just how incredible this character is because of the innocence level. The brain is mush, but he has grown. He has a, a drum set in his room. He acts like that of a 12-year-old man as well as Brennan. But I think what what definitely Classic. gets him – yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, just, I'm ranting hard about this. What, what leapfrogs okay. him – is the fact that uh, he was able to make his, I guess you would say, sister-in-law just horny as fuck, like wetter than hell, wanted to leave this really rich executive man that she had two children with that was married It wasn't to his sister-in-law. Brennan's Real quick, brother. it was, yes, so it was just a stranger. I thought she was just, yeah. Step-sister- Brennan Brennan's brother was Derek, who was married to that chick. Mm -hmm. Dale, yeah. So it wasn't his sister-in-law. It was just a random fucking chick that dude was obsessed with him because she because he punched him in the face. Dale, like every time, just, just do it again, Dale. 
like the way like that actress is just top tier. I don't know. There's just something very weird and strange about her, but I kind of like it. Don't tell my wife. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Like I feel like that leapfrogged him into the top categories, and just because Step Brothers is just an all time classic, you can't beat it. It is one of the most hilarious films of all time, and he, John C. Riley, Dale Doback, makes it just incredible. And he is definitely more of the uh, the wilder, the wild card between him and Brennan, I would say. So I have a lot of respect for that um, as well. In a world where Kenny Powers was seven, that is Dale Doback, and that is just wild as shit. So number one, it. I respect it. I appreciate that, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing where he falls on yours. Uh, number one is Dale Senior. It's obvious. Uh, one for Dale. Uh, because three was for Dale Jr. Number one is Dale Sr. He is a man's man. He is the man that made NASCAR what it is today, a cultural icon. This one should definitely be the most special thing to talk about, but we talk about Dale Sr. so much. It's not just the racing. It's not the fact that, you know, Ross Chastain aspires to be like him and run through people without a mustache. It's the fact that he literally developed the culture of NASCAR as I know it today. He changed the course of history and he threaded the fabric that is what made me become obsessed with it is the 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 cars, the colors, the jackets, the 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 fashion, the t-shirts, uh just being there at the track and just being that guy that was just down to talk to anybody anytime, but also be the mega star of the sport and the face of the sport. He was the Michael Jordan of racing. And I don't care like if you don't want to agree stat wise, he's a seven time champion. You can't disagree there. Um, he was just as, as culturally renowned as Michael Jordan. There is no telling me that he is not the Michael Jordan of racing. Formula one doesn't exist. And that moment in time, IndyCar may exist because of the name Mario Andretti, and that's another polarizing name. But Dale, Dale Earnhardt, the man, the myth, the legend, the driver of the number three car, he is racing. And that is my final list of Dales. That is my number one Dale, is Dale C. And that's it. Very good. So, Chase's, your, your top five was uh, Dale Gribble, Rescue Ranger Dale at four. Number three was Dale Jr., number two, Dale Doback, number one, Dale Sr. What about your – you have an honorable mention? I uh, do. Uh, uh, Ricky Dale. Um, not Dale's first name. His name's – just a guy I know from my hometown. Uh, Ricky Dale, he literally sold cars. He opened up a gas station. Um, and A guy you know from your hometown. Mm -hmm. Ricky Dale. Ricky Dale. This man – you know, Ricky, I haven't seen Ricky Dale in a long time. My dad used to go and buy cars from him at Grubbs in the town of Bogalusa, Louisiana. Uh, he used to sell them there. And then he opened up a gas station across from the Grubbs. And like everyone, me as a child, everyone that was around me just like thought it was this revolutionary thing. And I'm like, it's a gas station. But he did sponsor our little league basketball team that I wheezed. So he's a like a, he's like a Bogalusa celebrity. Is that what I'm getting? He's uh he's it's more of a Drake started from the bottom now we hear story, uh with with Ricky Dale Ricky Dale now lives on uh you know the Gulf Coast somewhere I'm not exactly sure where but he's doing really well he wears a lot of button up shirts uh he's doing really well in his life and it's just great that's to see that. that that's a good sign a mm -hmm. lot of button up shirts yeah you're you're definitely uh leaking success but yeah leaking he's also just a unit of a man too so like yeah he just like 
probably just knock you out with one punch. But thanks, Ricky Dale, for sponsoring our Little League team that one time that my dad coached and at, knew absolutely jack shit about how to coach children in basketball. And thank you for opening up that gas station uh, and also selling cars. Uh, you were you were a hero, and my dad talked about you a lot and other people in town. So I heard your name all the time. And you were, I think, the king of Mardi Gras at one point in Bogalusa. So that was cool as well. Shout out to Ricky Dale, honorable mention. Sounds like a great Dale. Sounds like an excellent Dale to, to almost make the list. I love it. So my top five Dales, top five favorite Dales. Number five, I'm going to go with Dale Doback from Step Brothers. You called it great character. Did a lot of magical things in that movie. 39 years old, living with his parents, played guitar hero, loved cops, uh, started a fight with Brennan over Shark Week, or or he said he was watching cops and uh he really was rubbing his ball sack on his drum set, really cared awesome about drums. his drum set, Del Doback. So I really respect that. He really he uh he was very passionate about his items, obviously. And the Shark Week thing was when they got grounded, actually, I think, was uh, they were upset about not being able to see Shark Week. And I respect that. Shark Week is cool. Um, yep. Skill with the ladies, with the lady that was Derek, douchebag Derek's wife. Respect that part also. Adds to the character. And the Yoda shirt, the Yoda shirt he had is like one of the, the most iconic iconic pieces of merchandise ever the black yoda shirt that he had tucked in when he did the incredible drum solo with brennan in the final one of the final scenes of the entire movie classic dale doback number five on favorite dales number four gonna be dale jarrett talk about dale earnhardt talk about nascar dale jarrett was one of the hottest drivers of the 90s statistically and from we t you talk about the impact that Dale Earnhardt had just on, on uh, the cultural cultural aspect of the sport. Dale Jarrett was up there. Dale Jarrett was a very, very popular name, won a championship, three Daytona 500s, works on NBC, has been an excellent commentator, used to commentate on ESPN, and still does an excellent job as a, as a panelist on NBC. Dale Jarrett, number four, NASCAR Hall of Famer, absolute legend. Number three, Dale Denton from Pineapple Express. I can't believe this guy's on your list. Dale Denton is easily one of the most funny characters of all time. Everything that, that Dale Denton goes through with Saul on Pineapple Express, it's just one of the most perfect stories ever, most hilarious stories ever. One of, the one of my favorite movies of all time. And Dale Denton's a legend because he's like 38 years old, Dayton Air. Well, Amber Heard uh, back in the day it was a lot He's cooler than what Amber Heard is now. Yeah. So, wait, Amber Heard? What no, about Amber? Who's 25? He was 20. Uh, Dale Denton was 25, actually. He looked like, like a 38-year-old man. Though. Absolutely. Like, he looked like a – he looked so much older than 25. I know he was, like, in the prime of – like, Seth Rogen in the prime of his acting yeah. career, but – Still dating a high school girl. hilarious. He's wearing the same suit the entire episode. It's just fucking hilarious. Like, loses part of his ear, goes into a, a diner in the morning, stays up all night, eats breakfast with half his ear cut off in his whitey tighties underwear, bruised, covered in marks from fire burns and shit. 
Dale Denton was a fucking legend. Pineapple Express, absolute classic movie. If you haven't seen Pineapple Express or Step Brothers, you're just a terrible person. Yeah. With all due respect. I want to interject real quick before you go forward and just say that for for me, that movie, like Dale Denton's great. It's all about Saul and Red and that movie for me. That's Dude, it. Yeah, Red, Red is awesome too. But Dale, Dale Denton makes they all three complement each other so well. Like all three characters are fucking incredible. It, I, I, it's like the perfect, one of the most perfect blend of personalities ever. Dale Denton, Pineapple Express is my number three Dale ever. Number three favorite Dale ever, I should say. So number two, this is where it gets interesting. Number two is Dale Earnhardt Sr. for me. And this isn't, like this is very just opinionated. I grew up during Dale Jr., right? I grew up at the end of Dale Earnhardt's life. And his impact on my life is just cannot be overstated. Uh, I don't know if I would have ever liked NASCAR if it weren't for Dale Sr. Because my dad, my dad loved NASCAR, but my dad was obsessed with Dale Earnhardt. And I think a lot of people uh, and their parents and their grandparents can relate to that. So his impact on my life is unbelievable. I remember watching Dale Earnhardt race. I remember when he died. It was just absolutely terrible everything about it but uh you you painted it pretty well his impact and everything 76 wins seven championships i think he's the greatest nascar in the history the greatest driver in the history of nascar dale earnhardt is the goat of nascar in my opinion because he won championships with like three different crew chiefs and almost nobody did that i actually think no other driver has done that before so dale earnhardt's the goat and he is my number two favorite dale Number one favorite Dale is Dale Earnhardt Jr. Because the impact he had on my life from the time I was six, seven years old up until now is same with Dale Sr. Cannot be overstated. But with Dale Jr., it is exemplified even further because I just grew up every single day, every single week, just could not wait to watch Dale Jr. race the following weekend. I would think about it all the time. And that impact, you just cannot, it's, it's, it's difficult to put that impact into words besides what I just said. Like, it's like family. It's like, like Dale Jr. My whole life felt like family to me, you know, and that really speaks to how much of an idol he is to me. And that's why he has to be number one, 26 career wins, two Daytona 500s. 800,000 time most popular driver, two Bush Series championships, uh, Hall of Fame career for Dale Earnhardt Jr., and my favorite person ever. Not just my favorite Dale, my favorite person in the history of mankind, other than like my parents, you know. But outside my family, Dale Jr., he's my number one idol and my favorite Dale. No question about it. And I think people are going to see the list and be like, how, how can you not have Dale Sr. number one? Are you fucking serious? And I think it's easily explainable. I feel like I explained it. I mean, in my mind, it's like, it's really not even a debate. Look at your backdrop. You know, I hate to say it. <laughs> Dale Center. <laughs> it's just not even a debate. Like, for me, it's not a debate because Dale Jr. during my life growing up was more impactful than Dale Sr. Because Dale Sr., I mean, he was gone, right? But Dale Sr. is number two because his impact – from the early years of my life and getting me into the sport is, is very, very important. But Dale Jr. is my number one favorite Dale. 
Honorable mention goes to Dale Shoes, which sadly uh, just closed down. <laughs> Dale Shoes is a, a shoes outlet no. uh, by Daytona Beach, and it it recently just shut down this year. I saw a tweet about it, and I was Unreal. sad. But Dale Shoes, legendary staple down in South Florida. So Dale Shoes, the store, honorable mention. But to cap my list, number five, Dale Doback from Step Brothers. Number four, Dale Jarrett. Number three, Dale Denton from Pineapple Express. Number two, Dale Sr. Number one, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Roast me. Roast me. All the older, older traditional Dale Sr. fans, I want to hear what you have to say about it. But that is my favorite Dale list. So there yeah. you go. Welcome to the Garage Guide. That one, that one ran pretty long. We're gonna work, we're gonna work on it next time. But I hope that you was enjoyed on me. The, the dialogue. I hope you enjoyed the dialogue. Yeah. I, I feel like we both could trim it up a little bit more, but maybe, maybe you guys like it. Maybe you guys want to hear more about it. So I don't know. Tell us. I just want to I just want to say guide. this. Thank you. The garage guide is is gonna be an incredible I- innovation to grow because like now you're not even gonna have to think about what your favorite things are anymore. You're just gonna open the garage guide and you're gonna let me and Dale think for you. Um, and I also just want to say that if uh, Dale Sr. is first on your list and you have not seen the movie Basketball, then he needs to be instantly removed from the first on your list. Um, it's one of That's the fair. most irrelevant things to why he would be first on your list. But if it's not in that for you, he's out. There's no exceptions. So yeah, we left that off the, the list. We left that off the, the description of, of Dale Earnhardt. Great I actor. did. Excellent I thought actor, he was, actor. he was in the Flintstones and they cut it. It was like the book of Enoch when they took it out of the Bible. It was the same thing. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, so a little at risk right there. Must watch basketball and find hidden clip from Flintstones. Uh, Did if you, you don't, Adderix? Did you say at risk, at risk, is it at risk? No, it's asterisk, asterisk, at risk. I like that. I like Adderisk better. I, you're the thesaurus guy. I don't have thesauruses in dictionaries. Asterisk. I read encyclopedias as a child. How it's spelled. Yeah, I, the first time I heard Asterisk was when the, the Patriots got caught cheating, I think. No, that couldn't have been the first time. But I, I remember they the Patriots have an Asterisk on something. I think that maybe the 2007 season because they were spying on other teams in practice. Mm-hmm. I think that's where I, yeah, maybe that was the first time I heard. Well, I'm just going to blame my teacher at my school because I'm pretty sure she said at risk for like ever. So I just said it. I just know it's a star. It's a little star on the keyboard. It's actually above the number eight for Dale Jr. First on your list. So, uh, there yeah, go. there you go. That's it. All right. Well, that was a well, that was a fucking show. I hope everybody enjoyed the garage guy. I hope everybody enjoyed the the chat about the Atlanta weekend. Um, this weekend, New Hampshire for Cup, Toronto IndyCar, SRX. Where's is, where's is SRX at? Slinger or uh, I'll have to look. I'll have to look. Are they in Nashville? Place. No, they were in Nashville last weekend. Bobby yeah. Labonte, yeah, won that one. Bobby won time. Um, yeah, the one, NASCAR Hall of Famer Bobby Labonte. Should Good we to see him win a race? He was real happy. I I so obviously I'm gonna be in St. Louis this weekend. You're gonna be uh, in the uh, Dale Center Studios. Uh, yeah, if anybody wants to pay to fly me out to New Hampshire, I, I would go. New Hampshire's cool, but I was just gonna uh, say I, maybe point, you could drive not. to a Red Lobster. Uh, I might go to a Red Lobster and film the show from a Red Lobster as I eat dinner alone. Uh, I think that's uh, what I'm gonna yeah, do. Yeah. New yeah. Hampshire. Big lobster, big lobster place. Mm-hmm. The Denny Hamlin scared a lobster. Don't. Bring I kind of hope. 
Chris Bell wins this race so that uh, he can get attacked by a lobster. That would be hilarious. Bell, dude, see Bell probably going to be a pick, but you can find that out later in the week. I'm going to take a couple days to really grind on the research and, and get back to the winning ways because I hate what happened at Atlanta. So you don't have to worry about okay. that as much. Garage guys swept Atlanta. We did it. Oh, yeah. Cup. Austin Hill. Thank you, Austin, Hill, oh, yeah. for making sure I didn't lose my retirement fund. Minimize the damage. You have that, too. All right, guys, this has been a show. Enjoy this hour-plus episode. We will see you for the Garage Guys Race Preview Show. I'll probably be at a Red Lobster. Love you, fam.